Enterprise Management 360, your main source for tech news, analysis, podcasts, and videos for the enterprise. Hello and welcome to the EM360 podcast, where we have a weekly conversation with people who are impacting the enterprise tech landscape. My name is Matt Harris, Head of Content here at EM360 and your host on today's episode. And today I'm joined by Samir Zaveri. Samir is an entrepreneur, global business leader and co-founder of Datamotive. And today I'm going to be talking to Samir about workload portability for cross-cloud disaster recovery and migration. Samir, welcome to the show. Thank you, Matt. Nice to be here. Yeah, no is at all, Samir. Um, could you just let the people know a little bit about who you're on, what you do? Absolutely, Matt. So like you said, uh, Samir is a very currently based out of Southern California. <clears throat> so I've been in this uh, infrastructure, data center, cloud uh, <clears throat> landscape and technologies for almost 15, 15 years now. Uh, have enabled a lot of uh, Fortune 1000 uh, companies and organizations in setting up their data centers as well as uh, uh, adopting the the cloud for their transformation journeys, uh, Matt. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And obviously, I wanted to kind of talk to you today about, um, you know, data motive and a little bit around the um, workload portability that you guys work on. Um, my kind of first question is, you know, what really is workload portability and what can it allow you to do as a company? Absolutely, man. So, to understand workload portability, right? I will. I will kind of start with uh, the definition of portability and how it uh, differs from workload mobility as it is popularly known today. Right. So, the way portability gets defined today is an ability to take a workload, and when we say workload, it is the entire virtual instance, which includes the guest OS the platform that is running on it, the application and all the attached data, able to replicate it and seamlessly recover it uh, across any cloud, right? So essentially, it means the ability to take a workload from any cloud to any cloud with little to minimum disruption to the business service that it is running. So that's the definition of uh, workload portability. Now, how does it differ from mobility, if you will, right? So while mobility targets one cloud to one cloud, right? So it is it is a cloud to a cloud, right? It is not a one-to-many relationship as uh, portability allows you to do. So that is the key differentiator uh, when you talk about portability and how it is different than mobility, if you will. Now, to address how how organizations and how it is beneficial to organizations, Matt, I believe it is in a number of ways, right? First and foremost, uh, by portability, organizations can achieve uh, a complete, uh, a workload that is completely agnostic of the underlying cloud service provider, right? The underlying hypervisor. Now, by, by doing that, uh, workloads organizations can now take their workloads to any cloud that they want. There, there is there is a complete freedom of choice uh, to choose the workload. So that is that is the first and foremost. Second part of it is uh, because it is now a service provider or a cloud provider agnostic workload. The the workload can be recovered. The, the business services can be scaled uh, to any other alternate cloud. 
right? So now you are bringing in efficiencies in terms of scaling your business. You are bringing operational efficiencies from a uh, managing and 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 conducting your disaster recoveries, business continuities, if you will. And and how do you kind of go about you know really defining and uh, prioritizing workloads when considering portability across those different cloud environments? True, true. So I think. Portability today as a concept, right, uh, it, it is still evolving, right? It is not not reached its uh, its its end state. So today, portability is limited to all infrastructure workloads. Uh, that will mean all workloads that are on virtual machines, right, or instances as as they are known on cloud. Right? Uh, so so organizations can look at portability from a infrastructure workloads perspective. So that is, I believe, the first step in the evolution of portability by itself. Right? Eventually, portability has to grow to start including the platform services, some of the uh, services that cloud service providers, uh, managed services provided by the cloud service providers themselves, right? And then get into containers and so on and so forth, right? So today, organizations can look at portability for all their infrastructure workloads and container workloads to start with. And eventually, once the concept grows, it can start including those platform services, if you will. Got it, got it. And, you know, with all of this kind of stuff that you've outlined and mentioned, you know, what what benefits can organizations really see from um, bringing this in? So I think there are there are... The, the the benefits right to be reaped from portability are immense is my my opinion right uh, let's start listing them down the first one like i mentioned is the freedom of choice right organizations can now choose uh, the cloud that they want to be on right rather than be constrained saying that oh i have made investment in a cloud now I have to continue to invest in the same cloud. I cannot go anywhere else. So it's the first thing that they get is the freedom of choice. The second thing that they can get is the, the just the efficiencies of operating on cloud. Now, what do I mean by that? Is let's say today they are they are they are spending Y dollars, right? And they have an initiative that uh, by doing three steps, one, two, three, they can immediately reduce the cost down to X minus Y dollars, right? Now, portability can come in and help them lift and shift their workloads to to execute and achieve those cost benefits. So that is the second key benefit that they could get. Uh, The third and the most important benefit they can derive is in their business continuity operations itself, right? Now, because the workload is completely agnostic of the underlying cloud provider or the hypervisor, they can now consolidate their multiple source cloud into one DR site, right? So now imagine instead of having two DR sites based on a source, multiple source clouds, you are now bringing all of them into one cloud. So instead of having two sites, now you will have one site. Instead of having two standard operating procedures, now you're having one standard operating procedures. Instead of having two sets of SOPs, two sets of procedures, you have now one set of SOPs and procedures, right? So this itself 
it has an ability to bring down the business continuity cost by anywhere between 40 to 45 percent. And you kind of mentioned there about um, business continuity. I think I think that's a big part of what we're really talking about here. Um, what what is that business continuity planning in both you know private clouds and public clouds um, re- really that important? In my opinion, right, uh, organizations uh, have adopted and will continue to adopt hybrid clouds, right? So essentially, they will not be on one cloud. They are not on one cloud and they will continue to, you know, split uh, between adoption of multiple clouds. Now, multiple clouds can be either a, a private cloud plus a public cloud or two private clouds or two public clouds, right? Whichever configuration you look at, hybrid cloud is going to be the way forward, right? Just from an efficiency risk perspective. In such a case, uh, how do I gain consistency in my business uh, continuity operations, right? Because today I have to implement two DR sites. So my my, my disaster recovery sites are a one-to-one mapping to my source clouds. That itself is a complex and a challenging task to manage, right? Now, my business services between two clouds have different recovery SLAs, right? I have two two teams managing it. I have two procedures to recover, right? So, when you look at all these challenges, right, here comes the concept portability where now you can have uh, one site and you can consolidate everything in one site. Now, that itself now ensures that you have a consistent recovery SLA for your business services. It ensures you have one team who is managing it. It ensures you have one cost bucket that you can look at from your, what is your operational cost? How can you make it more efficient, right? So it is one bucket to look for when you start looking at portability for 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 as a as a as a as a adoption for hybrid cloud business continuity yeah that, that makes a lot of sense and i kind of wanted to you know really finish off this podcast by bringing everything together and obviously you know we're we're slowly approaching uh the holiday season and looking at going into the into the new year 2024 um in terms of the part of the market that you and data motive really operate in what trends are you expecting to see in 2024 and um how is that really going to affect what we're talking about here i i, I believe there are two or three key trends that are, that we are going to see in 2024 right uh the one is uh, a huge focus on cloud optimizations right now whether that is a cost on private cloud or public cloud uh the term FinOps is, is is already gaining momentum and will continue to gain momentum uh, in 2024. So that's trend number one. Trend number two is uh, there is a term called uh, uh, repatriation that is coming up more and more in my conversations with some of the IT leaders. Right, uh, This is where they are looking at, does it make sense to bring some of the workloads from public cloud to private cloud? Right, So, so that again, these are just from cost considerations and scalability considerations, etc. But I believe that is going to be the second key trend of uh, 2024. And the last one is uh, pe- all all leaders are looking for uh, 
new technologies innovative technologies that can make the adoption of hybrid cloud faster plus the operationals of hybrid cloud easier right uh, so they are always in in lookout for those technologies uh, and and any technology that comes and does that i think will 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 create a huge uh, uh, you can say a, a trend in in this whole hybrid cloud computing uh, scenarios yeah that makes a lot of sense samir that that was really well put thank you so much for uh, coming on to the podcast today thank you matt it was a pleasure being here and also thank you to everyone who took the time to really listen to this podcast as well and you know samir and i hope you took a lot away from today's episode um of course for further information on what we talked about you can head on over to datamotive.io we'll be back next week with another episode in our podcast series but until then make sure you subscribe to this podcast on all major platforms follow the conversation on our socials at em360tech on twitter and linkedin and for more great daily content please head on over to em360tech.com Thank you.